We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. True Faith Podcast. It has been Fulham nil, Newcastle United nil. I'll say probably Newcastle United nil, Fulham nil at St James's Park on a grim afternoon before Christmas. Not much Christmas cheer to be found. This is uh, Alex Hurst talking. I'm joined by Adam Widrick and Charlotte Robson. Hello. Straight after the game, uh, we are sponsored and supported by our patrons who pay £5 a month for about 30 extra podcasts uh, on a monthly basis. So if you like what you hear, please do look into it or give it a go. Adam, I'll start with you. Um, very broad question. What went wrong? I think we're too conservative. I think we're too pragmatic. Um, I was kind of hoping after the first half, because obviously what Rafa likes to do, he likes to feel teams out in the first half. He likes to, he likes to almost be overly cautious. Um, I mean, we saw that at halftime, I said to one of the, the, the guys, I was walking past him in the row, I was kind of saying like, remember what happened at Huddersfield? Awful first half, didn't look like we were in the game at all. We got a rocket up the arse at halftime and we looked a different team. We looked better on the counter-attack, we looked more potent and we created more chances and we ultimately got a crucial, crucial goal. That didn't happen today. We, we didn't come out 10 yards further up the pitch. We sat back and what happens when you sit back? You invite a team to just run onto you. They had nothing. They had nothing. We, we, I mean, we allowed Mitrovic to get in a couple of times, which was a bit weird. There's a couple of defenders not on the top of the game at all. But we, there was so much disconnect between the lines. And every time the midfield got the ball, it was so deep that we're having to look for very, very long balls, which, you know, Mankiel was doing his best to sort of fulfill that Yedlin role. But I don't think he's as good as Ellen as, 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 as doing that marauding thing. Um, Richie getting his crosses. I mean, ultimately, we had one game plan, which was to get crosses into Rondon, and we just failed. We couldn't get crosses to Rondon. I think the first cross to Rondon's head was on the stroke of half time. Mm. And we, 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 I can't even remember another time where he got ahead a of anything. It was, we were just bereft of creativity. And we weren't on the front foot like we should have done. We should have, we should have smelt blood in this Fulham team, taken them and just absolutely ravaged them. But we didn't. We, 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 we looked like we were playing for the draw. Yeah, I know. It's Charlotte. Um, I've taken the microphone. I don't think Alex... Well, you'll deal with it. Yeah. Um, I agree. And yeah, just a lot of conservative passing. Not a lot... A lot of like flat, like crossing the pitch... Um, playing at the back, like Adam said there, very like crab, crabby, very like sideways playing. <laughs> um, just like, just no attack. And then 
especially in the first half, but generally, and even when, you know, in the last sort of 10 minutes there, when we really started trying for a goal, it felt, um, it's still, like, like it feels like you're wasting time with passes like that. And, and I felt that Fulham were definitely playing for the point rather than Newcastle. But when you see us play in that style... You, you, yeah, you kind of can't help but think, well, what do you want? Do you, as little as possible. Like. I think just to jump on a point there, I think you make a really, really good point about the passing because I think, I think the passing that needed to get out to the wings, to the touchlines, always came like three passes too late. Yeah. Like the ball was on and you pass it and then there's a couple of triangles and then somebody decides to play it out to Richie that was holding the touchline or somebody decides to play it out to Mankio. And we didn't do that enough. You had, you had wide players standing acres and there just wasn't the urgency to get the ball there, so it was it was it was laboured, it was it was cumbersome, it was it was too contemplative and considered. Where we just needed yeah. to get the head down, be more direct, and actually ask questions of the defence. And I and I don't think we asked enough def- questions of what is a really really well, but it's the worst defence in the league. Shit, that's shit. That's all. That's shit. But we are also a bit shit. Or we played shitly today. Alex, what do you think? I have to look at the manager on this one. I mean, if I was to say to you two, Matt, we'll play Matt Ritchie at left wing back because... Any ideas? I can't think of... We've got Fulham at home. You're Alfred Benitez. We're going to play Matt Ritchie at wing back because... And I can't think of the next sentence. Because I don't think Kennedy is... I think it was kind of right to drop Kennedy because... I. He had that ingrown toenail, which I don't know how much that's affected him. No, it's it's a laughable, it's it's a really laughable injury, but it's quite a serious one and a, a very, a very, it's a huge hindrance. But when he came on um, against Wolves, he didn't he didn't seem to look sharp. So whether he hasn't seen that sharpness in training or not, he's played Matt Ritchie because I don't know. We won two at Burnley. I'm not talking about the the personnel though. I'm saying why play Matt Ritchie at wing back when you can play him. In midfield with Paul Dunn behind him, so you don't have to change the players necessarily. And if, if I'm Claudio Ranieri, and if, or even better, if I'm a Fulham fan or a Fulham centre half, my Christmas has come early. If the opposition are going to take away attacking players from their formation and put in an extra centre back, because you're thinking fantastic, and not only to start the game like that, but to finish the game like that, when it was so clear to everybody in the stadium that Fulham, correctly like you both say, Adam and Charlotte were there to be beaten. Um, I find it baffling and I think that the West Ham game has damaged the manager's confidence a little bit in, in the side. And, and Adam, you know, off, off air before, you, you just made a great point about, um, you know, the potential tactical inflexibility of the players. But I'm, I'm keen to kind of explore theories beyond the managers getting it really wrong about why you think he would play three centre-backs a day. As I said, you know, he's... You know, in terms of like away matches, have we got like kind of seven out of the last possible nine with with playing five at the back? And you and you think, okay, well that's a great away tactic. Why don't we have a home tactic, as it were? But but what I was the point I was making to Alex just before was, does Rafa not trust that our players are smart enough and talented enough to retain the information of two separate tactics to be played, to switch between the two concurrently? Um, so we have a, a, a you know. We play like a, a four-two-three-one at home, and we play a five-man defence away. But I can the, the logic probably is he has a winning formula which contains five players at the back. But he needs to translate that into a home into a home match, and maybe previous home fixtures have been a bit more tricky, like a Wolves 
a bit more tricky, but we seem to be, un before the sending off, we were a lot more in control against Wolves. However, at home to Fulham, worst defence, we have to take the game to them, and we didn't, and we were too conservative, and you, you, I don't think you can look at the formations and you can look at the score and you, you, you can't scratch your head about what's happened. We had nine shots today. How many do we have on target? Big, fat, zero. We had no shots on target against the worst defence in the league. We have not tested them. We've wasted such a big opportunity. The plus points are we have a point. We didn't lose, which we have done the last two home games, and we have another clean sheet. But that's just not good enough. They're points that have to be picked up. And now... Our, our, with the results this today, absolutely. We're going to be without players like Muto for a couple of... For, you know, he's, he's around for a couple more games, I believe. Keys off to the Asia Cup. Muto's, Muto is around... Why not shove him on? Just, just try and change something up. Yeah. Just, just, just make. Rafa doesn't like making many substitutions. I've noticed, and there might be a reason for that. But I still think there was a shout for Muto to come on. Just something else. Alex, you thought that you know, with the game plan being trying to get balls in the box, Hossel just sacrifice a defender and get Hossel up there. Just or so there's somebody else. Or something like that. We just needed something different. I mean, at least. Where we were trying to mainly get balls into the box, I noticed that uh, when Paul Dummett got a, a, a ball in the, in the first half, he, he fed in, a, a, you know, which was a bit of a surprise. He, he sort of dumbfounded everyone and sort of fed it ball straight into Rondon's feet, which changed it up and caused them problems. And we just needed to have a bit more of a, of a plan B, a bit more creativity, just, just try new things. But it was so predictable by the end. They just got men behind the ball and just cleared everything away. It was, it, was, it was kind of too easy for them. And then when they got their chance on the break, bloody hell. They nearly, they, that, that last five minutes was crazy. Oh, 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 Absolutely crazy. There was a time I thought, Mitro, Mitrovic has done it. Well, I was going to ask Charlotte about this because I know where your tickets were, having bought them, or not bought them, but selected them. <laughs> so you had, you had a great view of the last, you know, the action down at the Leeds' end. And uh, that tackle by Lascelles, you know, give us some positivity on a very negative podcast so far. Was that, was that a world-class tackle for you? Well, yeah, be, largely because, you know, it did... I mean, it was it was brilliant and it, it did look alarmingly like uh, Fulham were going to score there. Um, my dad turned to me and was like... I'd like to also just say that I paid for my tickets. Yes, you did. Uh, Alex doesn't just buy me things. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yes... Dad turned to me and was like, Mitro's going to score here in like the 93rd and, and we're just going to, you know, it's that's over. And I honestly thought that was going to happen. I was like terrified. So yeah, LaSalle's coming in and and stopping that happen was fucking brilliant. Um, also, there was a weird little scrabble with uh, Dubravka. Yeah. Why didn't he yeah. fucking pick up the ball? It was at... Well, that's why. <laughs> well, I was just like I was. I was honestly. I was like watching it from behind my uh, like hands. I couldn't believe it. Like I thought that was it. Yeah. No, because my eyes were covered. That's what I was doing. I had my hands <laughs> over my mouth, just kind of going. Oh. I know. But it basically, Dubravka ended up sort of nutmegging Mitrovic, and Mitrovic ended up. I mean, that was just that was three points. That was three points just waiting for him. Ben. Ben. Ben made a very good point. That's what happens when you relentlessly pass the ball backwards. Eventually, something bad happens when your goalkeeper has possession as much as, he, as Dubravka did yeah. today. So frustrating to me, would, would occasionally turn the ball over in midfield, very good. 
and the ball would inevitably end up with one of the centre backs who if put under the slightest bit of pressure would head to Dubravka who would kick it long yeah. and would lose the first ball and then would lose the second ball I mean if I'm Fulham you know, and that formation in mean, half time you think there's no way they can play that formation second half because the great thing about Defending against that formation is the lack of attacking players in central areas for us means that there's no consistent pressure. You know, we did the the preview with um with Cottage Talk, um the last you know Russ who came on from the USA and he, he made a very good point. This is for patrons. He said it's not just Fulham's defending that's the problem. It's the fact that individual players have made cataclysmic errors almost on a game-by-game -game basis for Fulham when put under pressure. Well, we didn't put Fulham's back four under any pressure today. There was always an option. There was always a, a ball out for Fulham's back four because we have so few attacking players in their part of the pitch. And for I know, a manager like Rafa Benitez, who's been there, done it, knows much more than anyone listening or us three in this room to not be able to say, you know what, it's too easy for Fulham here. I find that very difficult to get over. And you, know, you walk out of the ground at full time and, and through the city, we've walked through to a, an, an office in Collingwood Street here to record this podcast and there are tens of thousands of people who who just want to you know have a weekend off from normal life and enjoy the football and it's not Rafa Benitez's fault we'll have a shit team but Jesus Christ that was grim I've made I've made I've sent out a tweet saying basically if you've got someone who you loathe in your life and your family buy them a ticket to any casting at home game because there's there are a few things I enjoy less <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, that is, that's such a good point because as well as like obviously loving the team and being back in the team and wanting to win for, you know, glory, it's entertainment as well. And today was fucking rubbish. Like it was so boring. It, for a lot of it, I was just like, I've, I have a hangover today and it was not very helpful how boring that was. I'm so tired. <laughs> Right, I'm going to ask a question in terms, in, forget that with Newcastle fans, from a neutral perspective, entertainment-wise, what was worse? Newcastle nil, um, Fulham nil, or Crystal Palace nil, Newcastle nil, from earlier this season? Because that was at Palace. Yeah, I was there. That was pretty drab. This is worse. Tell me why this was worse. Because it was a relegation six-pointer and there's supposed to be blood and thunder and crosses and tackles and there was just... None of it. And, and Fulham are a very poor, poor side. Um, I mean, you have to be a poor side to be at the bottom of the league. You, you're not at the bottom of the league for no reason. But we had the chance to put them to bed today. We had the chance to go 10 points clear of them um, and, and think you, you are no longer our concern. And and I thought, I said in the Match Day podcast for patrons at halftime, I said, I'm not going to kick off too much because last week at Huddersfield, I was going nuts saying how shite it was when we won the game and I looked silly. So maybe in the second half, it would be the second half that was so last week, like you referenced, Adam, playing 10 yards further at the pitch, um, some attacking players in the correct positions, and it just didn't happen. And the, the, we often on this podcast will have criticised the home crowd. You can't criticise the home crowd today. Everyone stuck behind the team. There wasn't too many groans. The atmosphere was good in the second half. The fans recognised the importance of that, of this three points. I think the first half was canny drab, in I fairness, atmosphere-wise. And I think, but, but you're right, there was a time where... Um, Who's that team we're calling United would, was blasting out from McGallagher mm. and we were on the centre and we were in their half and we were starting to push them back and I was shouting, turn the screw, turn the, because that was the time, right, let's get at them, let's make mistakes, let's get them, force them into an error and, and let's just absolutely go out and let, let's actually try to win this football match. Um, but I mean, look, look at their defence. They had Tim Ream in defence. Tim Ream 
if you, if, if you remember, was one of the defenders uh, that Hatton Ben Arthur just strolled past for that Bolton wonder goal. I say wonder goal, but like, you know, right at the end where he just, go, he just runs yeah, in between yeah, well. two of the Bolton centre-back. Like, Tim Ream was one of those players. Tim Ream was out there today. Why is Tim Ream still around and why is he continuing to, 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 to hamper our, our happiness? It's, oh. I, 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 there was an opportunity in the second half, absolutely, that we sh- should have gone mm-hmm. for it. And... But you do get that, that thing with the crowd where a backwards pass, a sideways pass. And yes, I'm not, I'm not, I, I do, I, I get the frustration today, but I think there's a lot of the time that people will get sworn at and groaned at and sighed at in the first 10 minutes when we pass the ball backwards and retain possession, which I, don't, I can't get on board with. Like, that's not how football is. Like, it's better to retain possession, passing it sideways and backwards if there's not a reasonable forward ball or the player doesn't back themselves to make that forward ball. Like, I'd rather us retain possession, pass it along the line, go the other side and start again and see what we can do, rather than lump it up. And <laughs> Although today, obviously, Cher was lumping it up and giving it straight to them. Lascelles did it a few times as well. So we, yeah. we, we, we didn't have that. There was an occasion where Dubravka just panicked, where they had four men up, and Key was screaming for it. Um, in the mi- in, in, he was in the middle of the park. He was screaming for it. He basically had a, a, a radius space of like 20 yards with nobody around him. And all we needed was Dubravka just to have a little bit of composure, to spot key, play it out the key. We've already bypassed four of their players and let's start a counter-attack. But I mean, that's just one example and it's unfair to maybe pick out players for that. But it, it just, these, these are little pockets of examples of, of where we've absolutely missed an opportunity. And we're now going to have an even more depleted side I don't think Shelby looks close to coming back. Who's going to come in? Hayden, Longstaff. Like, bloody hell, if we, if we are going to sign midfielders in January, if at all, they're going to, we know they're going to come in the last week of, 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 the, of the window, if at all. So what the hell do we do for the next few fixtures? Well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe, and here's my theory, we were rubbish today. And, you know, Matt Ritchie playing where he was playing and, and, and you know, probably not the formation that, well, I know not the formation you would have put together, Alex, but maybe to to showcase how much we need talent in January. That's my theory. Before today, we'd lost seven or nine home games. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, I'm trying. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I can get it. I, I want to find positive or not even positive, just logical reasons why the manager did what he did today, I, but I just can't fathom what the fuck he was playing at. and you know I love him and I sang his name all game today but he got today wrong it's almost like the, the context of the result is shit because next game Liverpool away lost Watford away you know you never know but they're absolutely flying a great win today at uh, the West, West Ham. West Ham today but Crystal Watford. Palace just beat Man City at the Etihad so we can win at Anfield <laughs> Palace had Townsend Schlupp and Milovic like who cost more combined than our whole team. That's the thing. When you when you're a badly managed side like Palace are, but with good players, you're capable of pulling up these results. We're not gonna win at Anfield. And, and, and look at this, Fulham spent a hundred million. They basically there's a hundred and twenty-five million pound swing from what we spent in summer from the from what they're t- obviously I still actually I don't know. I don't know what I don't, I don't know what the class difference is between our two teams, but they've definitely spent a hundred million in, in summer. We made a profit of twenty odd million. It's just they, they, they differences. Um, as 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 much as we definitely did get it wrong, and I totally agree with you, Alex. Like Rafa is in siege mode, and he's just thinking, I just don't want to get relegated. So it's a point against another team who 
who, 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 it's a sick point there. So it's a point they haven't. The important thing today was for him was probably not not to lose. Um, okay, I have a question for you, Alex. Off air, you said that um, we should have got a penalty. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, I mean, this, uh, none of us through here have, have seen highlights or replays, but from the Gallagher end, from the upper Gallagher, uh, it looked like Kennedy was dragged down in the penalty area and going to get on the end of a ball. Kennedy's reaction was was a genuine one, that he was foaming, he didn't get a penalty. It wasn't a kind of having a go at the ref, it was punching the turf in frustration because he knew it was a penalty. What have we got to do? We've got a penalty, we've got blokes getting smashed in the face with an elbow, we've got blokes being pulled out, you know. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> It, it's it's one of those it's one of those ones where it's easy for the ref not to give it probably and um, it's just you know on another day I said this at half time I said we were allowed to win ugly today all all that mattered today was the win um, and if we get that penalty and Matt Ritchie takes it and scores then this is a probably a podcast that happens tomorrow about half two um, rather than straight after the game because you know it's a massive win and you know the rest of it but. I think we should have a penalty. Haven't seen a replay. I don't know personally. Um, we'll say, Charlotte, my question for you was going to be Alexander Mitrovic's return. Uh, what did you make of his performance today? Was it uh, anything you didn't expect? Um, no, it was everything I expected. It was just gunning for it, really. Um, not letting up at all. Um, he looked good. I thought, you know, still big and powerful. <laughs> Sounds erotic, but <laughs> I didn't mean it to. Um <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I was expecting him to come in all guns blazing, and he did. Um, every opportunity he could, he was running on Dubravka every every time it was a goal kick, he was running straight for it, like absolutely no letting up. Um, you know, and also and also making more. Like, I mean, obviously we we don't play the same, and it, it's it's not comparable, I guess. But like, we've got Rondon who's in the box pretty much every time he's ready. <laughs> We're just not getting the crosses. Um, and and Dubra- uh, not Dubravka, Mitrovic. So many names with letters. Um, they he was sort of like a lot more all over the pitch. I thought obviously it's different, but just yeah, no surprises. But um, I, I mean, I'd got, I can't, I couldn't see. I can understand now because I was such a big Mitro fan last year, and I still you know obviously think he's big and powerful, but. Um, I, I can't. I can kind of see it now. I wouldn't see where his style would fit into our team. So I get it. I get why he was not played as much. That's my only concession. I think Mitrovic worked really, really hard today, and you yeah. and you wonder when was the last time he put that much effort in when he was wearing a Newcastle shirt. Yeah. And I, and I was a and I'm definitely I was definitely a person who defended him. A lot of people say he's like absolutely shit. I don't I don't believe he's shit. I think he's I think he's a I think he's a reasonable Premier League player. I don't think he's a world beater, but I think he's a he's a canny bottom of the half Premier League um, yeah. striker, and he and he and he can cause some problems, and he scored a few goals. Um, but yeah, I think he got away. The opening five minutes, like Shed just ran away from him and just let him. Let, let, I didn't. I, I I honestly didn't know there was definitely a communication issue between Lascelles and, and Shed for the first. Five ten minutes, and I have no. It was a. It was a numerous times they got. Twice he got through, and then the third time was offside, and it was a bit of a. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bit of. Just to try and put a bit more of a different spin on things, had we drawn nil nil away to Huddersfield and won one nil at home to Fulham today, would our moods be much better than they are now? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and, and so, given that we we know we got the win the win last last week, does that? 
are we maybe being a bit too demanding or are we, are we overreacting in any way? We might not be, but are we overreacting from getting four points from those two quite crucial six-pointers? I think, I think after the Wolves game on this very podcast, I think Sai asked the question of the lads who did the podcast on my home, they all said four points was the minimum. Um, and that's, yeah, you're right, Adam, you made a good point. I'd say, though, if we'd got a point last week and won today, we'd, we'd be 10 points clear of Fulham, why not? Or seven points clear of them. And they're going to spend money in January, and we're not. They've got better players. And as I thought, you could tell they had some really good footballers. Again, one-touch passing, things that we can't do. Um, ability to counter-attack, we can't do that. Um, they did that several times. I mean, that, that run by that Fulham player right at the end for the LaSalle's tackle, none of our players could do that, um, even though, again, Cher, Cher was... Shit, was fucking terrible today. Like he was absolutely <laughs> dire. Um, and there were some shocking passes. Yeah. Like to no one. His, his passes were poor. His defending was poor. Uh, Mitrovic clearly went and stood on share of the three. He didn't fancy. And then towards the end of the game, he went a bit more central. Just really quickly on Mitrovic, I think it's you're right, Adam. He put loads of effort in today, and it was always going to happen. But I think the one thing which Charlotte, you're right with that. The reason he doesn't fit in is in the first half I was saying the lads he's doing it again he was going deeper and deeper and deeper past that first five minutes Mitrovic was getting deeper so much so he was he was winning he was always contesting balls against Matt Ritchie and it was just like it's your centre forwards man get in the fucking box yeah. <laughs> which again if that had been Rafa he'd be doing nuts he'd be doing his nutting so it's I mean if it works for him and it works for Fulham great um, he has very little tactical discipline it's not just he seems to have sought you have to say I think um, being left out of most of Rafa's team in a World Cup year has sorted his head out after that Lanzini red card he doesn't seem to be the kind of nutcase anymore he sorted that out his tactical discipline still not there um, in that in that respect but yeah I mean why do you think um, Adam why do you think Fabian Scher was, was so poor after being the star of the show recently I don't know, and I, but, but I, I think that, that there has to be something to be said for Lascelles coming back into the side because I think we have looked shaky since he's come back. I'm not, I'm not necessarily simply blaming him. I think the Fernandez injury has cost us a bit because I think we're so much more assured with Fernandez at the back. And like, I think Dummett works really well in that left-hand, you know, that, that, in a three-man defence, left-hand side. I think that's, for me, that's a perfect place for Dummett because I don't think he's an out-and-out full-back. I think he's a centre-back who was left-footed that was pushed left when he was younger. I, th- I think that's, because he, he hasn't got the pace to get up and down like, like say, a Yedlin or even a Mankio. Um, but I think, so I think he does well and he likes to bring the ball out. But, I, for, you know, why Cher was difficult, uh, was, was, was poor today, I don't know. Players have off days and, you know, he had an off day and we, we didn't lose. So maybe that's a blessing in, in, in one respect. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm scraping the barrel here a bit, but he didn't cost us a goal. He nearly did, but he didn't. And Rafa will give him a, a rocket this, this, this week. And he knows that if Fernandez is back on the bench, then there's competition for places again and he's not guaranteed to get in again. Mm-hmm. But I back him to come out of it because I think, I think to look at just one performance yeah. and just discount the few good performances that he's maybe had on the road is a bit unfair. But yeah. let's hopefully he can come past it. I would agree just on that last point. You can't write him off now just because he's had a abysmal game. Um, but, but in, what, what do you think of Lascelles? Lascelles' form, I'll sort of... If, well, he, he's, he's fine in my book because he did <laughs> save the day today. So, um, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like nothing standout. That's the thing. Like, I struggle a lot here because I can't be like, I tell you who our standout player is at the moment because there really isn't one. Like, 
maybe Rondon. <laughs> I, I thought Diame probably was our Diame. best player today. I thought he was he was all over the place and he he, he blocked things. He was at left back. He was in the centre of the park. He was he was he was really nice little touches as well. And I think he made one really poor pass. And again, fifty-two thousand yeah. fans. Oh, and it was like that was, was he was our best player, and he made one mistake. And that that I think that's one of the issues with with with, with Sir James's park at the minute. And maybe we can we differ slightly, but Lascelles was on Mitrovic for the first 10, 15 minutes, and he got absolutely bullied. Like Mitrovic won every battle uh, of, of strength. Um, so I I worry about Lascelles, and I worry that he's only he's only playing. Not out of form, but because he's the club captain. Lascelles did do that kind of run forwards where he nicked the ball, played a good ball, continued the run. That's what we need to see when you've got three centre backs. One of the three centre backs kind of joining. I mean, this is, I, I know this is no disrespect to everybody, anybody who thought this, but calls on social media this week to play show in midfield. Just, I just see that. Yeah, just <laughs> no. Like he's not a midfielder. It's the mental. Um, well, you're, you're in fairness, good. we might have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of in terms of the, the the back three, or let's talk about the midfield as well. That formation is so demanding of your two of your two midfielders, so demanding physically. Diarmi and K covered so much ground. It must be so knackered. It must be knackered, as Charlotte says. And I just think we're lucky that we've got two kind of workhorse players in Kane Diarmi. They've got other abilities, but they are they do get through a lot of work, and that's maybe why you saw you know. Um, when Shelby came back into the squad before he got injured again, um, he, he didn't manage to displace either of them. And uh, Adam, you're right. I I really worry about this Christmas period with 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 Key now away. Um, Uzbekistan, watch out because Key is coming for you in the group stage of the Asia Cup. Um, China as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's a real worry. And, and this is the thing about this game. And this is back to your point. Would it be fine? You know, we've got four points in these two fixtures. Well, if, let's take the Wolves game into it as well. We've picked up one point from Wolves and Fulham at home. And both, both those sides are dreadful. I don't care what anyone says. Wolves might be all right on their day at home, but they were dreadful against Newcastle. We've picked up one point. We've played five at the back uh, in both games. And I didn't... The, the most frustrating thing about it, there was nothing from those sides that made me think we need three centre-backs here. Mm. Against Burnley, when we first did it, we were there, Adam. It made sense because they had two big lads up front and you needed someone sweeping up when they lost the first ball. Mitrovic won a lot in the air today to nobody. It's a bit like Rondon because no one thinks yeah. he's going to win the ball. And I felt that Sure, potentially tried to force the issue because he thought, well, I'm in the team here to try and make things happen, particularly with Diarmi and Key playing so deep. You're right, Charlotte, when you, you pointed that out. Um... And there's just nothing. There's nothing ahead of us now. Jacob Murphy wasn't on the bench. Is that right? Yeah, I just, true. I just don't get that at all from the manager after coming in at Everton and playing really well. We have no pace. We're a pedestrian side. We're easy to play against. We're easy to defend against. We're difficult to score against, but we're easy to play against. Yeah. I just think. I just think Rafa misplaced his blanket today. We 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 went bottom heavy when we should have front loaded a bit more. And I don't really know what much more to say about the game today. I pretty much yeah, I feel like that. I could talk about it for ages, but I would just be saying the same thing. So well, I can repeat myself. Not me and Mickey did a patron podcast where we looked through all of the Christmas fixtures. And the key thing with the Christmas fixture is loads of the sides at the bottom are playing each other. So they have to pick up points now. We've got a five point gap over Burnley. which is a reasonable gap, but that can change very quickly with three league games in a week, pretty much. Um, and it would have been so good 
to have an eight point gap or seven point gap today, sorry. Um, it's Crystal Palace mental win, and they're obviously probably now out of the relegation picture. They're not in it. So you're looking at the bottom four, which is uh, Cardiff, who play now uh, while we're talking, Cardiff, Burnley, Huddersfield, and Fulham. And you think, I think you're right. Adam, that Rafa probably just sees himself if we can keep a point ahead of those teams every single week, he'll be happy. And it's no fun to watch any Castle or shit side. Um, whereas even last season on our day, as we showed against the likes of Chelsea and Arsenal, Man United, we're a very good side. Um, unfortunately, this is where we are, and we have a massive January window coming up where I don't think the club will spend. It has fuck all to do with a potential takeover. Um, Mike Ashley spent no money in the summer despite no rumours of a takeover, so the two are not connected, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, Mike Ashley being on holiday also has nothing to do with the takeover or transfers. Um, but yeah, we're going to have loads for you over the Christmas Just period. Just for Twitter, aren't you? <laughs> loads, lo- loads for you over the Christmas period and through faith. We've got Super Mac interviewed in several parts. We're going to put that up for free over the Christmas period. Fantastic interviews with Wallace Wilson and Super Mac, Malcolm McDonald. And we'll, of course, have plenty for you on Patreon over the festive period. And, of course, podcasts after the Liverpool Man United and Watford wins, as I'm going to say. Charlotte, you think we're going to win at Liverpool? Let's, let's get on that. Yeah, I think we're going to smash Liverpool. Are you listening, Watford, lads? Teeth are going to be so yeah, Jürgen. Um, so £5 a month that's all it is to sign up and support this podcast on Patreon about 300 people do it now and they all seem to enjoy what we do so please get involved and I'll say thank you to Charlotte and Adam and I'll say Merry Christmas to all of the True Faith listeners Merry Christmas and uh, you know we'll we'll be fine I'm sure (laughs) everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.